This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to To Be The Man. And of course, we couldn't do it without the greatest of all time, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Rick, how are you, man? I'm great, young man. How are you? Man, better than I deserve. Excited to be on here with you. Before we get going with today's topic, dude, you've been zigzagging all over the world. Where all have you been lately? Where are you off to next? Well, I started out, went to Charlotte a week ago Thursday for um, the documentary that the uh, Peacock is doing on me. And then from Charlotte, I went to Dallas for sneaker con. How was that? Of course, I went to Nick and Sam three times. Um, then I flew to LA for three days for the drop out there. Um, we did some stuff for the LA times and, um, the cannabis line is really doing well out there. Then from there, I flew back to Chicago and uh, we dropped the line in, in, uh, Naper- in two cities in, in, uh, Illinois, uh, Chicago and Naperville, which is a, uh, suburb. And then, um, Saturday night I flew to lacrosse with Misty to, we did a fundraiser for Mongo oh, Gil- awesome. Gilbert Brown foundation. What a great guy he is. And then, uh, came back and I came back Sunday night, headed out to Toronto today for bet 99. Get a rock and roll with Drake tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, and then coming home Thursday for ten days. Look at you, jet setting with superstar. Going to be on my boat. I'm not budging. <laughs> good, for you. good for you. So hey, a lot so going on in the wrestling business, huh? Got tell it. me about SneakerCon. Uh, it's unbelievable. They let you pick out. Um, I was there for three hours, and the line was it lasted longer than three hours, but it was a th- hard three hours, and. uh it's just futuristic tennis shoes that you can order or they'll give to you. But if you have an odd, an odd size, you can't get them until, um, after the first of the year. Wow. So Kelly got some shoes. Wendy got some shoes. We, we, we all went together. It was a good time. Look at you guys, three peas in a pot. How was, uh, How's the, the Peacock documentary coming along? You guys have been working on that for quite a while. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll either air, I'll find out this week, whether it airs Thanksgiving or Christmas. They're, they're trying to figure out, they're going to do a premiere and everything, so it'll be really nice. I'll, of course, I'll give you all the information. Well, stay tuned for that. I know uh, you yeah. guys worked really hard on that with Tom Rinaldi, and uh, it, it's going to be pretty special, man. It's gonna yeah, be just, just the fact that Tom Rinaldi is doing it makes it big time. I mean, it's a whole different dimension. And they asked me, I mean, I've, I, I swear I've talked about everything. Uh, I made them promise me and they have for the most part, you know, that what it's not going to be edited. I mean, I, I gave them, <laughs> I gave them the best of, they said it wouldn't be edited. They wanted to know, um, about a lot of things that I haven't shared with anybody. And, uh, or if I have shared it's probably just been within a family, but it's noteworthy that, um, you know, they, 
They were in, they, there were questions that they asked me that normally I might not answer that I answered. So I figure that um, they want to go there. I'll, I can go there with them. Very personal. Well, tell everybody about Ric Flair drip. You're all I, over I will tell place. you this. You know what they told me that one of the best interviews was? What? Megan. Oh, I'm sure. I wasn't there. You were there for it, but they said that she was phenomenal. So I hope she didn't cuss me out too bad. <laughs> no, you survived. Uh, of course, you're making these. Uh, I never know about my girls, man. 99% of the time I got them, but <laughs> when they drift off in that 1% world, I don't know. I can't find Ashley right now. <laughs> I don't think anybody can. Uh, maybe even WWE, but you'll see her sooner. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she, she's been going back and forth to Mexico and just, you know, healing up, but she looks like a million dollars. I saw her. Um, Oh, where did I see her? I saw her signing about a month ago, and I'll see her again on the 12th of uh, November in Queens, New York, for another Fitterman deal. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys are able to do that. And yeah. I'm We're glad that the world is getting ready to hear about Ric Flair Drip. Of course, uh, Rick has a brand-new cannabis line that's sweeping the nation. You can keep up with all things Ric Flair Drip on Instagram, at Ric Flair Drip. Nearly 26,000 followers over there already, and, of course, you can sign up for an email blast and find out when Ric Flair Drip is going to be in your area at rickflairdrip.com. But the reason we're here today, Rick, is to talk about the good old days of professional wrestling. And not too long ago, we talked about you winning the WWF title from Randy Savage, your second world title win for Vince McMahon's WWF. It happened on September 1st. And now the following month in October, you're going to drop it to Brett the Hitman Hart. It'll be Brett's first world title win. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask, you know, what are you thinking of all the news going around in wrestling these days? There's been lots of rumor and innuendo in wrestling. What's your take on current wrestling? What's, uh, what's getting your attention these days? Um, I guess the only thing, I mean, I, I watched, I, I missed the, uh, show last Tuesday. Um, I watched it all last night. I mean, I, I'm happy for the guys. The ratings are good. For the most part, I think, especially against Monday Night Football, I know SmackDown has been killing it. So um, I feel like they're in a good place. I, I like the stuff with Finn Balor a lot. I'm a big fan of Finn Balor's. I, I, I didn't know that kid until I got to spend more time with him at Ashley's wedding. And I actually had been interviewed by his wife, who was a commentator on Spanish T on a Spanish TV station in Mexico years ago. So, um, Really like him. I kind of like that faction they have. Yeah. Saw AJ last night. He's back. I get the Carl, Carl Anderson and, um, Luke Gallows. Yeah. Luke Gallows are back and Bray Wyatt are back. I'm a big fan of Bray's. He's back. So, and, um, my take on AEW is that, um, and you, you can help me out with this, but I, I like, uh, Tony's letting the, the, the guys, uh, faction, the country, the company. It seems like like um, Jericho has his faction, and the, the, the young bucks who are hotter than, hotter than dynamite in the WWE. I sure would love to have are doing their thing. Omega does his thing, and I, I that's kind of my take on it. I don't know what what do you see? Well, I think a lot of people are curious about what's going to happen. You know, after the um, quote unquote brawl out. 
think Ace Steel's been released, and I think people are waiting with bated breath to see what really happens with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. A lot of people are speculating that maybe the investigation is over and they might show up on TV again this week. Uh, and I'm sure fans will be excited to see them back. But there's lots of question marks around CM Punk. There was a rumor last week that perhaps uh, they're in negotiations with CM Punk to buy out his contract. That's not something that you hear about a lot in professional wrestling. And now that's led to speculation. Would CM Punk return to WWE one day? Now, of course, when he left before, maybe he had an issue with Hunter and certainly didn't see eye to eye with Vince McMahon or, or, or agree with some of the decisions he made, but Vince is gone. It's a new day in the WWE. Could you see CM Punk one day returning to WWE? In this day and age, I can see anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like a very heated. I wasn't there during all that. And as I've said before, I only know him to say hi. Right. But that he, that lawsuit with the doctor and all that, I don't know. That'd be, I don't, I, I don't know how the guys would handle that. I, I don't think he was that, I don't think he was a candidate for, for wrestler of the year when he was there. And I, I think he thought he was better than John Cena, which is not, which absolutely is not the truth as far as being the face of the company. Well, when um, it comes to merch and fandom, I mean, he did make a dent. I mean, he was up there. Oh, yeah. I, I may, I'm not denying that, but I, yeah. I've heard the remark that he should, that he, he felt like he should have been John Cena. I, I just, in my opinion, that would, that wouldn't, that wouldn't fly. So that was just my, my take on it. You're regarded but, as being one of the best guys, uh, on the stick, one of the best interviews in all of wrestling. And a lot of the younger fans, uh, really enjoyed CM Punk's verbal skills. Where would you rank CM Punk all time as a promo? Um, if I knew how he got it together, I, 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 if I spent more time with him, I, I could give you a better opinion. If it's something they've handed him. To memorize, I don't give it, I don't give it a, I don't give it a D plus. If it's something that he's thought up on his own. It, it usually I, was. Then, then, then I give him a, I give him a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a good talker. MJF is a good talker. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about MJF. MJF. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's a real good talker. They're trying to compare him to me. Well, that, that ain't going to happen, but. <laughs> Lots of discussion about MJF that maybe last week his interview with, uh, with William Regal. And I know you said you didn't get a chance to see it. It was on Tuesday last week when they uh, had 700,000 viewers. Well, he, he was over 800,000. He was the highest rated segment. Oh, okay. So you, you know, I just told him what I saw with the average was. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, now let's, let's remind everybody they're preempted. They're normally on a Wednesday. So they went to WWE's night and kicked their ass. I mean, that's what happened. Oh um, yeah, hey, I I I'm just letting you know I do keep a track of the technicality part of it. Sure. Um, MJF though cut a really great promo. A lot of uh, a, well, great a lot of people are talking about with Regal, but a lot of people want to know: Is that step one of a babyface turn for MJF? He's been such a phenomenal heel. Do you think MJF could be an effective babyface? Oh, I absolutely do. But I would, I would, here's my take on, and I'm, I'm a little different. I don't see why he has to be a big face. Agree. If you've got a great heel, leave him alone. Yes. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. But why turn them babyface? What to get a rating? When in deep down the fan, the fan base loves them as a heel. Yes, they do. You love them as a heel. Yes, I do. I love them as a heel. Mm-hmm. Why make them a babyface? Because it's wrestling. Well, wrestling one on one. Get the hottest heel you can get. Get them as hot as you can get them, and then turn them babyface. Wow. It makes no sense. I would leave him as a heel all day long. And he's a real good worker and, and great talker, like you said. Um, as a matter of fact, I like I like Punk as a heel. Mm-hmm, me too. I do like Punk as a heel. <laughs> when you can talk down to people and get away with it and, and yeah. pull it off and make them mad, that is, that's what it's all about. You know, wants to be a good guy. Because and, and half the guys that... that are that guy? I think the young bucks are guys that are like they're like Jack Briscoe and Steamboat. They could never be heels, in my eyes. They've tried, but I'm with you. They still people still want to cheer. Ah, they're handsome. They're young. They're great workers. Um, and, and like Jack Briscoe, I mean, Jack had to work heel in territories that he traveled around in. But how do you take a handsome Cherokee Indian? You know I mean, and and or, or like Ricky Steamboat and Steamboat. You know how much I respect I have from him, the greatest Bay face of all time. And, and I don't think they ever thought about it. And I'm glad they didn't because he just wouldn't be a heel. Right. I didn't like Sting as trying to be a heel with the NWO. Sting is just an outright pure Bay face, and he has earned that reputation and that respect. He's a great friend of mine, and I, I just, I just see him as a, as a, as an icon as an icon babyface, right iconic babyface, rather but wrestling wrestling is different now they want they jump around a lot i mean they they take good, good performers and they change their 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 uh their, their, their i guess the word would be their gimmick around look at seth rollins he'd been 10 different things right and you know you know what he was the best at <clears throat> being the architect because he's really strong and technically in the ring. But since then, he's been, I don't even know what, I can't even keep track of all of it. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, been and, a- and I, I know why it is. It's all to sell merchandise. Right. So I saw where he compared himself to Roman Reigns. I don't think that's even close, but I mean, I mean, when you, when you start talking about yourself in the same light as Roman Reigns, and then you, <laughs> You look over your shoulder and you got AJ Styles and Randy Orton standing there. I don't know. <laughs> He's not even close. We, um, we've got a big show coming up over in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be crown jewel Roman Reigns. You brought him up. He's going to be in there with Logan Paul. Logan Paul, of course, has been a YouTube megastar and fought Floyd Mayweather a few years ago. These Paul brothers really know how to get attention for themselves. As yes. a matter of fact, his younger brother. Jake Paul is going to be fighting Anderson Silva on pay-per-view this Saturday night. That's yeah, I know. I, I talked to both of them last week. They FaceTime me. Oh, wow. Okay. So w- what do you, uh, what do you think of Logan Paul mixing it up in WWE? Is that good? I for think he's done a hell of a job. I do too. I think he's done great. I mean, the stuff he did with the Miz, I didn't anticipate him being that good. Those, those kids are good athletes. Yes. My only advice to Jake Paul would be don't call out Mike Tyson. <laughs> It's actually probably good advice for anybody. Anderson Silva. Okay. I like Anderson. I know him personally, but I wouldn't want to mess with Mike Tyson. I see Mike all the time. (laughs) 
that that, <laughs> that might be more than he can chew. <laughs> Jake Paul is even um, calling out in the uh, the pregame show, if you will, like the countdown for his big pay per view with Anderson Silva. Uh, Saying when he's done with Anderson Silva, uh, and he shocks the world, which remains to be seen this Saturday on pay per view, that he wants Canelo or can't believe this is real, Conor McGregor. How do you think? How do you think Jake Paul would fare against one of those guys? Uh, Conor McGregor, I think he, he could handle. I don't know about Canelo. Nobody can handle Canelo. Yeah, I don't mean I, it's because it's not. Um, it's Connor can't use the wrestling skills. They can't use the submissions. Right. I mean, it's a pretty, it's, it's kind of like Anderson Silva. I don't think, I think he'll beat Anderson Silva because, um, yeah, I, I don't, I think Anderson is more from what I've seen of him is more of a wrestler submission type guy. Um, but I have to take, it takes a lot of balls to do what they're doing to walk off, to walk off the inner tube or off the, walk off the strength of their YouTube and internet connections and actually pull this stuff off. I think it's great. Totally agree. Go for the business. And I hope they're getting paid right. It's not, it's like, um, I'll tell you who I never thought would be that good. And, and the, the kid of the, uh, he's on, on uh, game day now. Um, Oh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee was great in the ring. Yes. I mean, to the point where I was just amazed that this kid could practice it just shows you what kind of an athlete he was, and he's a huge addition on game day, I think. I love him out there. He's oh, hurt. by the way. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh my God. How did I? Uh, why didn't we open the show on a hot take? I was ready for it last on, week. On your, guy, on your guy, Bryce Young, who needs to win this Young again, I, I'm sure he will, throws for 455 yards. Four TVs, no interceptions, and you get beat by Tennessee. Question mark? Oh, no, I'm listening. I'm waiting for uh <laughs> I'm asking you a question. What was the question? I didn't, I didn't hear a question. I said Bryce Young. Right. Great quarterback that did play against Tennessee. No doubt. Threw for 455 yards. Yep. Four TDs. Mm-hmm. No interceptions. Right. How did Alabama get beat? Uh, well, we missed field goal. We muffed a punt. We had 29 penalties on and on and on. I'm okay. curious. What, what's the Steelers record this year? Do you know what the Steelers record is? this year? <laughs> Listen, I'm, just I'm rolling. I committed. I, I signed I early this year. I'm with two and five. Are the Steelers two and five, Rick? Is that a fact? Are they two and five? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they? Just two days ago, did they just dog walk Tom Brady? The two and five Steelers. No, dog that wasn't. That wasn't the Brady. That was the Panthers. The, the Panthers, the one and five Panthers, walked over Tom Brady. Oh, they did too. Yeah, you are correct. I hey, I, I'm on top of Tom. Let's here's the deal. <clears throat> when Tom's up to it, Ty Dome is flying down here, and me. And Tampa Tom, oh, I don't know, are gonna niche. Gonna you know, get normal, when he, when he you're the guy with wingman, but I feel like in Tampa you might actually be a wingman. Are you just gonna be in the Arn Anderson position, just walking right behind Tom, just looking exactly? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. first of all, Arn walked alongside me. 
Let's not ever assume that I just led the way. I had I had companionship. <laughs> Four horsemen, baby. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But I never walked behind me. Oh, wait, is that the deal? You tied to me and we Tom Brady. We the door open together. <laughs> so you guys are like the new, you tied to me and Tom Brady are the new Tampa horsemen. <laughs> well, we're, well, and we're going to throw Joe and Dino in there too. Okay. Yeah. We should because make Dino they know where to take Tom. <laughs> oh gosh. Let's move on before we get everybody in trouble. Hey, and listen, listen, when Tom's the right mindset and he's not going to let, I, I mean, I just, I, to me, this he, Tom Brady is the guy I've, I've only been around him twice, but if anybody in the world could be a prick, it would be him. Mm -hmm. He is the nicest human being I've met at his level in life of his status, which is unparalleled as far as athleticism or, or, or put in athletic accomplishments. How about that? Not athleticism, but accomplishments, seven rings, seven some players play their whole career and don't have one. Does that make sense? Yep. So how do you ever bet? And by the way, he's not playing bad. It's the defense. I can't, he can't catch the ball through Mike Evans, right? Now, if you I, didn't see that, now that if Mike Evans catches that ball, the game's a totally different game. Uh, my apologies on saying that the Steelers beat the Bucks. They did, but the Panthers beat them too. I just can't keep up. Uh, sorry, I know, I know they're three and four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we got the good thing about it. We have, um, I think eight more games to go. Don't don't be cutting the season short on me. There's a party in Nashville and you're invited. Nashville's first of its kind live event is coming to the Woolworth theater. And believe me, you haven't seen anything like this before. Shiners is the hottest new show in Nashville that blends Cirque Broadway and comedy into one electrifying production. Located in downtown Nashville at the brand new Woolworth Theater, Shiners has a star-studded cast featuring Chuck Wicks and Laura Osnes, along with the most mind-blowing talent from the Cirque world. You can catch a live Shiners performance at Woolworth Theater on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. General admission and VIP tickets are on sale now at ShinersNashville.com or bring your whole crew and watch the show from your very own VIP box. Enjoy some delicious signature cocktails and ice cold beer while you watch the show. You won't want to miss this. If you live in or near Nashville, or maybe you're headed there soon for some fun, get your tickets today for shiners at shinersnashville.com. What companies would you want to work for? Just capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good companies like bank of America, which just earned the prestigious just capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about Bret Hart. That is still our topic today. Uh, I can't wait to watch this match with you. But before we do... Something pretty big happened in the professional wrestling world. And, uh, you and I think a lot of this guy personally, and we haven't talked about it, but I feel like we should, uh, our great friend, Kevin Nash suffered a loss that nobody should ever have to do. And unfortunately it's something you and Jerry Lawler are all too familiar with. He lost his son, Tristan, just 26 years old. It's yeah, hard to believe yeah. that that happened just one week ago. And I know you've 
had a chance to speak to Kevin. Yes. I don't need to know anything that you told him, but I am just curious. No, I just, I just shared with him that, and I don't, you know, I guess I heard that he talked about me on his podcast. Positively. Yes, sir. Yeah. That, you know, we talked and we did. I just, you know, I was in a different place. I mean, he, he's been with his wife forever. And all the only thing I said to him was that it, you're, you're never going to get over it. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out how to deal with it. And, uh, um, dealing with it the way I did by just completely shutting down and drinking for five straight years didn't didn't work out and didn't do anything. Right. I was already at odds with um, Beth. And my advice to him was just, you know, hang on to your wife as tight as you can and don't, you know, don't throw blame at each other or, or just. I just, it's, 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 there's no way, there's no way to deal with it. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, um, Reed was 25. His son was 26 years old. I mean, they're oh, just starting their life. Yes. So, and I, I, I've only met Tristan a couple of times. Well, what a great kid. So I don't know. I hope I, I hope I, I hope I said something to encourage him. I was actually surprised that he reached out to me, but. And of course, I sent him a, a note. Now that I didn't do anything on just making a post or anything, I just think that sometimes that's right. overrated. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm thinking about him. It'll, you know, and not only that, it happened on the eve of of Scott uh, Scott Hall's birthday. Scott, yeah, yeah. Scott Hall's birthday. Scott. So I mean, it was a devil whammy for him because I don't think he, he I don't think he'd recovered from the loss of Scott yet. So I just, you know, just shows what a great friend he was to Scott. And, uh, you know, Scott could be problematic and Kevin never left his side. I've never heard Kevin say anything negative about Scott, except I, I wish he, you know, wishing him well, stuff like that. And after all those years, it's hard to find friends like that. So I got nothing, nothing but respect for him. Well, certainly the best thoughts and prayers uh for the entire nash family we think a lot of kevin nash around these parts and never had the good pleasure of meeting his wife but heard a lot of great stories from kevin about her and yeah she's beautiful just thinking about them and and uh just i know it's almost cliche to say thoughts and prayers but just send some positive vibe folks no matter what your belief system is i i hate to hear that there's been some folks who took this as an opportunity to to kick kevin about his political views or whatever like that have some freaking humanity like you give me an example i didn't hear that well he talked about on his podcast how people just piled hate on about whatever they disagreed with kevin on and would just blow up his phone with all kinds of negativity and it's like dude can we not just be a good person uh, i can't well, i can believe that are you kidding these people that they got they just wake up every day miserable in their own personal life and all they want to do is say something negative about you especially if you're somebody of any notoriety, they hate it. They're jealous. Well, I know jealous. They don't have a life or they couldn't keep up with you. So, I mean, it's, you, you know, what I'm talking about. you know, you're, you're successful. You know what I'm talking about? Well, my, my hope is that, that Kevin and his wife find some peace and contentment, uh, because boy, they're just, um, going through maybe the most unimaginable tragedy of all. And, and we're pulling it is. Oh. It is the most unimaginable tragedy at all. Well, let's yeah. uh, let, let's try to end the show. And I just want to tell you something too, which I haven't had a chance to voice on the air. Um, 
you sent Misty that check. We're talking about things of, of oh for Mongo, yeah, yeah, Mongo for Mongo in wrestling, and Misty, uh, she cried for two days. That's awesome. All from the good thought. Your that was your idea to put that together, and I'll just be honest with you. I'm I'm sorry and disappointed for anybody that's been in his life that hasn't gone to see Steve. Yeah, because he's going through hell. And if you were in his life at some point in time and he meant anything to you, I think you guys, anybody that's listening to this that cares, you know, you need to you have the opportunity to reach out to him. Because, boy, he's going through hell. Well, I... Uh, and anyway, I'm... that check you gave her, she cried for two days. That's awesome. That's all because of Conrad Thompson. Well, I don't know about that. It was lots of donations over at moneyformongo.com. We had a lot of support. You organized it. You get the credit. Well, that's nice of you to say. No, it's the truth. Let's jump into uh, why we're here today. We're talking about Brett the Hitman Hart. I think everybody loved Brett as a tag team champ with uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, part of the Hart Foundation. And boy, what a match he had to become Intercontinental Champion at SummerSlam 91, beating Mr. Perfect, one of the all-time greats. And he solidified himself as one of the best wrestlers in the entire world, but man, it doesn't really feel real until you become the champ and you are lucky enough to be the guy to help make that possible. Uh, let's pick up where we left off. You won the world title in Hershey, Pennsylvania on September 1st. We've already covered that where you beat macho man, Randy Savage in a match that was not so nice that Vince made you do it twice. Yep. Uh, and then you're going to have your very, I believe your very first match the very next night with the undertaker, you wrestled the undertaker a handful of times there in 1992, I think five singles matches, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, what was your first impression of being in there with the big man one-on-one? We know it's going to be a big match at WrestleMania, but boy, that's like a decade later here in early in, in 92, early in. That oh, was great. I I've, I've always had great chemistry with him, but I mean, he's, you know, it's not even arguable. He's he's the best big man ever. Yes, I mean he, he's right there with Brody. You and, um, and I, he, I I think overall he's better than Brody, <clears throat> but <clears throat> Brody was a big guy like he is, and Brody could do a lot of stuff that people didn't realize. They they didn't look at the athleticism. <clears throat> when you wrestle a guy for an hour, you get to know him real well, and he he was a, a good athlete. But as far as Undertaker goes, man, and for walking on the ropes and all that stuff and and really really making that that character so believable and so strong. I've said it before, we'd pull up to buildings in Europe and there'd be a thousand Undertakers standing in line to get in. Wow. I'm not kidding you. I mean the merchandise that he has sold and the love they have for that character, man, I I hope that my documentary comes out to be half as good as the, the last ride. <clears throat> I thought that was fantastic. It really was. <clears throat> um, you I look up- forward to seeing him on the road, uh, which I get to once in a while on, for signings when he, when he can't get away from me. But he, I can't tell how much it meant uh, for me and for you and everybody that he came to uh, your match, the last yeah. match with, um, with Brett and uh, Mick. How cool is that? Right. Well, super cool. Uh, yeah. you know, I can't tell you what it meant to the rest of the roster, you know, like, like Jay lethal. I mean, that's imagine 
you're in the main event wrestling, your wrestling hero. And in the front row, watching your match, the undertaker, Bret Hart and Mick Foley, who can say yeah. that? That's <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, and kid rock. Let's not forget him. He's yeah. Let's, let's not forget the kid. <laughs> uh, you um, actually work a match at the, uh, Madison square garden on September 11th. There's 9,000 fans here. You're working with the undertaker. And you even went on Regis and Kathy Lee the day before to hype the show up at Madison Square Garden. What was your experience like on Regis and Kathy Lee? Oh, it was great. Regis Tillman was a great wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah. Was there just 9,000 in attendance at the Garden for that? Yeah. 92 was a down year for wrestling everywhere. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm telling you, I never got over in New York. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because I didn't, I didn't have enough TV. Hmm. I mean, I, I was just coming off t- Turner TV, which didn't have any saturation. You know, now in Ohio and Pennsylvania, totally different. Right. But when, when there's no TV, they don't know you. Um, so I was, and I, I've got no problem saying, I don't think I ever really got over in the New York territory. I mean, I, I drew money with Hogan everywhere we went, but it wasn't like the, it wasn't like record breaking business. Does that make sense? Right. I, I probably was in a position and drew more money the second time I was there. Um, even though I was in my fifties and mid I, I was 50, 56 when I wrestled taker 54, no, no 56. Anyway, 2008, right. Or 20, 2002 WrestleMania 18, 2002 WrestleMania 18. That's right. Yeah. So six years. So I was 53. I was 59 and I wrestled Sean. Um, and I was just thrilled, but I, it's one of those things where I would, I was still just beat down, um, psychologically. And I didn't feel like I could, you know, I could pull it off right. And I couldn't get to, to Hunter because, you know, he was on the other side of the building and all the people that I just lean on. And I just, um, I got out there and once I, once I got my second win, which is my biggest problem because my heart rate has been so low from all those hour broadways over the years. Once I got my second win and he looked, he threw me and said, let's, let's try this again, kid. Threw me in, I made it over. Once he kicked me off the apron, I got my blade out. I was home free. Huh. Everything was great from that point on. I love it. You couldn't have told me that 10 minutes before the match to save my life. So you, after you have this match at Madison square garden, believe it or not, you're off to Yokohama, Japan to work uh, for the war promotion on September 15th. You're going to be here working for Tenru and you're going to be working on top against him Mm -hmm. in front of 12,000 fans. It's a two out of three falls match. Uh, what do you remember of this trip? A working for the WAR promotion. Uh, and and then I went with, I went with taker, right? I, I don't recall. I'm pretty sure I did. No, anyway, it was great. I went with Taker and uh, somebody else. The uh, the environment in Japan, working with Tenru. Any stories about either of those you can share with us? Oh, just God, I loved working with Tenru. He was great, and we trained him in Charlotte in '76. Oh wow! So you had history. Yeah, yeah. See, Ten- Tenru and uh, Fujinami both came and trained in Charlotte in the '70s. Mm-hmm. So I knew them both real well. And while they were visiting in Charlotte, in Charlotte. I made sure they had friends. <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> I know exactly. I'm you can't up. be a man. You can't be a lonely man in a lonely town no. without friends. 
<laughs> really warmer. I get it. That's uh, how I met Muda. They said, introduce Muda to Atlanta. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so you and warrior have your first set of matches together, uh, starting on September 19th, you do a double shot in Auburn Hills, Michigan, and in Indianapolis, Mr. Perfect is here to help with the DQ finish, but both of the shows failed to draw 3000 fans. Yeah. And it just feels like you and warrior on top in Michigan, you and warrior and top in Indianapolis, but that feels like, Hey man, that's a big card. 2,600 fans in one 2350 in another. Could you feel like. You have to remind me of those days. <laughs> well, I, it just feels like the wheels are coming off. Are you missing Atlanta? Are you missing Charlotte? Are you missing Jim Crockett promotions and WCW here? Is I can guessing your decision. Um, I don't think I was missing anything. I was just aware of the fact that I wasn't drawing money. Right. Which that it doesn't know that I can't be any more honest than that. You know, when you're not drawn and when you're on top, there's no worse feeling. And then letting the guys down on the undercard. You uh, you work with Warrior in Duluth, and then you do TV tapings in Canada and Winnipeg, and then in Brandon, and then you head over to Germany in the UK for a nine day tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to start working mostly with Randy Savage, but you even yeah. have a match against Tito Santana in Germany. Mm-hmm. There's always been a discussion, and boy, I don't know how real this is, but there's been a lot of debate over the years that perhaps when Vince was looking to go a new direction. If he didn't go with Brett, he might've went with Tito. And I guess Tito has been mentioned as being on the short list of maybe could be the next guy. Do you think Tito could have had a run on top? Would Tito have been good to carry the torch for a bit for WWE? Um, you know, I can't say that he wouldn't have been. Tito was a hell of a worker. I wrestled Tito in, in Texas before he with WWE with the Von Erics. Right. So I thought he was a hell of a worker. I, I've seen him just recently too. He's a great guy. I, I, I think he would have probably done very well. I just think that Brett, um, Brett, Brett kind of sat. Um, he, he, I think what, what hurt Brett until he got in that position was he, he sat in a tag team scenario for so long. I mean, it wasn't until Sean got away from, um, with his partner's name, Marty Jannetty. Yeah, got away from Marty that they realized with the brilliance and greatness of Shawn Michaels. Right. Because sometimes when you're a tag team, you don't get to see the, the how just how good somebody is as an individual. Right. And uh, I think when Brett finally got away from Jim for a while, they went, "Holy shit, this guy's he's really he's really good." You know what I mean? Because the light is solely on you and not your partner. You're not sharing the light. And that, um, I, I would have to say that, that Brett was, uh, to me, Brett, Brett was the right pick, but I think Tito could have done well too. While you're on this European tour, I want to mention two shows in particular. You're going to work main events in Kiel, Germany, and then again in Birmingham, England against Bret Hart. Yes. In Kiel, you guys go 34 minutes and 33 seconds. Mm-hmm. And Birmingham, you guys go 25 minutes and 16 seconds. And Meltzer yep. would write that the 35 minute match, the one in Germany, he heard was a four and a half star match. And a lot of people believe that Brett was so over, over in the UK and Germany and just all of Europe. And that match was so good that maybe that's what swung Vince's decision in his favor. 
What do you? I don't think Brett and I ever had a bad match. Yeah. So I mean, Brett was shit. Obviously, it was good. I mean, working with Brett and Randy and over in Europe was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, over there, I think I that um, I was probably a bigger card there than I was in the states. It for 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 the WWE. Because basically, I don't even know about it had anything to do with me. We just they just sold out. WWE was hot, right? As they are right now. Anytime they go back to Europe now, it's sold out. That's always been interesting to me. It feels like when the American market is soft, like mm-hmm. years ago when it felt like TNA for whatever reason just couldn't freaking give away tickets. Whenever they would go run across the pond, boy, fans were rabid for them. Why do you think that is? Because it's a phenomenal. Um, it's the greatest show on greatest show on the road, I think. Yeah, it used to be Byron and Bailey, but man, it's it's been the WWE for thirty years. Well, I mean, you know when Hulk was champion in the eighties, they sold out every night. And when Steve was there, and when The Rock was there, Hunter was was uh, Taker and Sean, they sold out every night. And I think the thing that made that made a big difference too was in to go from Hulk wrestling, you know, five minutes was which of what the way they, the way they wanted it. He, he wasn't doing anything or anything, anything more or less than they wanted. And 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 you know, after a while, because a Hulk could pull that off, the Warrior could for a while, but not nearly to the level that Hulk did. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden. They they started looking at the comparison and saw that we were wrestling long matches in the main event and it was a more competitive main event, and so they started doing that and that and I think that's where Brett, you know, Brett came right in. He and Sean and I know when Sean was champion, he was they said he was wrestling in thirty minute matches every night, and to be honest with you, people didn't like that for me and when I first got up there, but I said Pat, I can't wrestle five minutes. I can't even get warmed up in a five minute match. Right. So, I mean, I mean, I, I hope that, that, that if I had anything that if I provided any type of a, uh, a difference, it was that I just I would argue with Pat about the length of the match and saying that I thought the fans deserved more from me, a guy, my size, I wasn't the overpowering 300 pound guy built like a Greek God, like Hulk or, or the warrior or Luger or a lot of those guys. But, um, I think that, um, I just, I think it was just a great, a great time and a great opportunity for Brett. And he, he took the opportunity. He took his ball and ran with it. Yes, he did. He had great matches with you in the main event in Germany again on October 2nd and 3rd. And then you guys come back to the States. You're going to wrestle again in Los Angeles in the main event against Brett. Yep. Uh, in front of 7,300 folks. That happens on October 10th. But boy, something bad happens on October 8th. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. Charles Barkley is in the crowd for this, and you had this to say. Front row. In Phoenix, the Ultimate Warrior gave me a suplex and messed it up. I landed on my head, dislodging a chip in my inner ear and upsetting my sense of balance. But I didn't realize that anything was wrong at first. Charles Barkley, the basketball star, was sitting in the front row, and I wanted to show off for him. So I told the warrior to throw me into the corner for an upside-down flip. And that's when everything started spinning wildly. I completely missed the turnbuckle and flew out onto the floor. I stood up and fell down again. Fortunately, before the warrior could put his hands on me, Earl Hebner stopped the match. 
I couldn't figure out what happened. I wondered if I'd had a stroke. I was okay. If I was standing up or tying up with my opponent, but once I was on my back for an extended period, I became dizzy. One thing was obvious. I was in no condition to be in the ring. How scary is this? Um, Oh, it scared the hell out of me because I didn't know what it was. Right. I felt great. So I didn't, I didn't feel sick at all. I just, when I, when I, what happens is that, that chip and that, that fluid in your ear is like motor oil. And it takes, when that chip broke off, it would take, you know, several seconds, like, like five or six seconds for it to come back and where you, I could get my equilibrium back. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it just, it scared the hell out of me. Um, so I flew back. Um, no, I think that, I think that's when they sent me the next day to wrestle Brett, right? Yeah. So what happens is you wrestled uh, warrior here on the eighth. Yeah. Uh, you're going to wrestle again in Houston against the ultimate warrior on the ninth. Uh, and then come the 10th, you're going to be in the LA sports arena and there's 7,300 fans there. And you guys go 23 minutes and 45 seconds. But what's interesting is you push the referee. The referee doesn't signal for the bell until he regains his senses. By that point, Brett has you in the sharpshooter and fans believe that Brett is the champ and the local news in LA even reports that Brett won the world title. Now that doesn't actually happen on the 11th. You're going to wrestle in Alberta, uh, a town called red deer up in Canada. And it's you and Brett in the main event, but the next day, the 12th. So four days after the inner ear thing, which happened on the eighth in Phoenix, Mm -hmm. we're in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. It's October 12th. And that's where you're going to drop the title to Brett, the Hitman Hart. 26 minutes and 29 seconds is the match time. Take us through that day. Like you're feeling like, man, I just can't keep doing this. You show up the TV and they break the news to you or, or, or do you offer it? Or how does that, how does that come to be? Well, they knew I had to go home. Right. I had to. I mean, I just couldn't. It, it's really hard to wrestle when you can't get up and down. Sure. Didn't hurt my back. It, it didn't hurt. I didn't hurt at all. I just couldn't. Uh, when I laid down in bed at night, when I got up to my feet, like to use a restroom, it took me five seconds to before I could stand up. So if I'm taking a bump, which I did, all yeah. kinds of bumps, it took me, I had to position myself, which I explained to, to Brett and he understood. I had to, had to get up at my speed to do something else. Yes. So the matches sucked. I feel, I, that's, a, that's what I feel the bad about it. We had, Matt, Brett, Brett and I had all these really good matches. And then the night I give him the title, you know, I'm at like 20%. Right. So, um, but I, you know, I just talked to him the other day on the anniversary of that and he sent me the nicest text saying that was the biggest day of, the, of his career. So if he felt good about it, it's, that's all that matters. Meltzer had this to say, Red Hart captured the WWF title in a last minute decision from Ric Flair in approximately 25 minutes on October 12th in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan at the TV tapings amidst much WCW like booking on the fly chaos. Hart won the title by submission using the sharpshooter after a suplex and what was said to have been an excellent match. The title change was a decision made within the last week because the WWF needed to get a baby face and Hart in particular over big time in a hurry because of the uncertainty as to the long-term future of the ultimate warrior. 
in short term because the undertaker isn't expected back after undergoing shoulder surgery until mid-december Hart and a few others apparently knew about it midweek although i'm not sure flair was one of the others now talk to us about this you've obviously he doesn't have he being dave Meltzer doesn't have the information about your inner ear situation but we know this is october and by january so not too long after that the bloom is off the rose you're going to lose a loser leaves match and you're out of the wwf were you feeling like it was heading that direction before the inner ear problem or do you think the inner ear problem just sort of sped it up or talk me through that okay give me the time frames again so you hurt your inner ear on October 8th, four days later, and that's in Phoenix. Four days later in Canada, you dropped the title to Brett. No, I got it's, that, but oh, give, give me the loser leave town. What day was that? January. So October to January, it feels like there's this lame duck period. Yeah, I was off. Yeah. I mean, you even. You, I, I I, no, let me tell you, sorry. So I, I go to the Mayo Clinic. Yep. My dad, who was a doctor in Minnesota, I go to Duke because I live in North Carolina. And neither one of them can figure out well how to treat this thing in my ear. So by chance, I met another doctor because I just had to get this fixed. Um, and the guy said, "I, I don't. I, it's probably going to be a year." Well, I had Lloyd's of London then. I think I've told you this story. Yes. And I had paid all that money, and I'd never written off the premium, so that when I got if it didn't get better, I get 750,000 cash tax free. I know because I didn't write off the premium. Okay. So the day I'm supposed to get the day I'm supposed to fly home to Minneapolis, I was still going on the road with them periodically. The day before I got up and it was gone. And, and, um, not to change it the whole set around. I went, what the hell? I was gone. I laid back down, got up, was gone. I went over and hit my head on the wall four times. <laughs> Lay back down, it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I called my dad and he said to me, karma, karma, you're not going to tell him because nobody would know. Right. All I had to do was go pick up a 750. And my dad said, the karma will come back on you. So I didn't get it. And I went back to work. And then uh, Vince said to me, I'm going to go young. He said, hey, but Watts has been calling me every day. Do you want to go back? And I said, if you're going to go young and I want, you wanted me to do something I didn't want to do, um, which would be like a secondary. You wanted to put me in a secondary position. I wasn't ready for that. So, um, I'll be damned if I didn't. I left uh, gladly and let, let put Kurt over it, which was I was proud to do. Yeah. Um, fly back, and by the time I get there, watch has been fired. Oli's a booker. Oli looks at me. I walk in the office. He goes, "What the what, you, what the fuck are you worth to me after doing a job on national TV last night?" I said, "Motherfucker, I'm worth more to you than any ten guys you got here on the roster." If you look at the houses here lately, um, so um, <laughs> I uh, walked next door to Bob Lou's office and I said, Bob, it's me or him right now. And uh, he said, uh, what, what, 
can replace him. And I said, well, there's a guy downstairs. That's the guy's on his truth. And that's how Eric got in there. What a real Eric, Eric can tell you any fabricated story once. He got the job because I recommended him. Can't help it. You just do it to yourself, don't you? I, I sure did. And then on top of that, I went and got Hogan and Savage. And my oh God. And I had 80 people mad at me because we hired half the WWE <laughs> to make Hulk happy. And of course, that pushed our guys out. So everybody was pissed. And all I did was recommend the guy get a job. <laughs> what a real. I can only look back and laugh at it now. <laughs> it's interesting, this match with Brett. It doesn't ever air on TV. You know, it's, it's at a TV taping. It's probably not that good. <laughs> Winds up being a part of the Coliseum home video release, uh, smack em, whack em, which, uh, is probably a movie that Rick made in his hotel room. Once upon a time, uh, <laughs> Hey guys, listen up. I know these days when you watch the news, it feels like it's one hit after another and it's all bad news for the economy. Well, let me give you some good news. It's not all that bad when it comes to real estate. Let me explain. You see a year ago, man, real estate was hot, hot, hot. Everybody and their brother was trying to go out and buy another house. What did that mean? It was so competitive that a lot of folks got discouraged. So let me ask you, have you thought about buying a house in the last couple of years, but maybe just couldn't win a bid. I used to hear that all the time. Well, now is the time to buy. Yes. Interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but what that's created is an opportunity for you. A year ago, it wasn't uncommon for there to be more than a dozen offers on a home, many of which were over list. That is not the case today. So if you got discouraged once before about trying to buy a new house, now's the time to take another look. Now, yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but you're not going to overpay for the home. But here's what you will do. You'll stop throwing your money away on rent, and now you'll get a greater tax deduction. That's right. You see, at the end of the year, you're going to get a statement from your mortgage company that shows how much interest you paid, and you get to write all of that interest off. That means you could get a huge tax deduction. You never get that as a renter. Not only that, homes are still going up in value. Don't believe the hype. All of the economists believe long-term real estate always works out. Let me give you an example. Maybe way back when in the housing collapse of 2008, you bought in 2007 and maybe overpaid. Buddy, if you hung in there, that house is worth a whole heck of a lot more now. If you played in the stock market, you know what I'm talking about. You only lose money when you throw in the towel. Real estate long-term always performs well. So here's my advice to you. Date the rate, marry the house. Find the house that you and your family love long-term because here's what's not long-term, these higher rates. I've yet to see a single economist who doesn't agree with me that rates are going to return. So doesn't it make sense to get the house you want right now? And then when rates improve, man, just get a lower monthly payment. In the meantime, you'll enjoy a greater tax deduction and that property is going to continue to appreciate, meaning you're building equity and wealth for yourself. Not only that, how about this? We're going to save you some cash at buywithconrad.com. We're going to give you the peace of mind of a seven-year guarantee. When rates improve over the next seven years, not if, but when, that's my prediction, we'll refinance you again with no new origination points. Think about that. That could save you thousands of dollars and give you the peace of mind of knowing that you got the right house for your family right now and then when the rates improve, man, get a lower monthly payment. Now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to hurry 
to buywithconrad.com. That's the first step. You tell us how much you want to put down and what you want your monthly payment to be. We get you approved and then you go shopping just like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you've thought about buying a house over the last couple of years, but you got discouraged, now's the time to take another look. Let me run the numbers for you right now. You'll be glad you did at buywithconrad.com. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time World Heavy weight champion tell him nature wings legendary flavors world championship wings woo woo wings yeah woo woo I can't believe you're gone just three months after this man I mean it feels like this this might be the beginning of the end of your WWF run we got lots of questions about this let's jump into it uh, WWE master wants to know, did WWE want to do a WrestleMania nine main event between you and Brett? Like, do you think that would have possibly been the main event? Had you stuck around for WrestleMania nine, you and Brett? No, he was going to go younger. Do you know what he ha- You said secondary position. Do you, did he lay out any ideas for you that you remember and thinking, I don't want to work with a program like that. No, he just said, I'm going to go younger. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to feature you as a main eventer. That's all I That's had to hear. I got you. Because I knew it could work better than 99% of the guys he wanted to put ahead of me. Jared Hawkins wants to know if the decision wasn't made to go with Brett here, who else would you have liked to drop the title to? So now remember the undertaker's on the shelf, so he's not an option, but if Brett, for whatever reason was injured or he was out, but you've got to come off the road, you've got to drop the belt. Who would you have liked to done the honors for? Um, that was there on the roster then I like a guy like Mike or uh, Ted DiBiase. Oh, wow. That could have been fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, Ted and I never got to work while I was there because we were both heels. But when Ted was a Bay face in Louisiana, Ted and I tore the joint down. We tore it down in St. Louis. He's a hell of a hand. Ted DiBiase, who could have been the NBA champion. It was between me and him. Do you think he was just, uh, you know, timing is so important to your success in business or sports or entertainment or whatever. Don't you think if Ted was 10 years older, Ted would have been NWA champ. It just feels like he was a more old school, Briscoe Harley style performer. In my opinion. Um, I, that's hard to answer. I, I, I think Ted's a little bit younger than I am. Right. I just think even a guy like our, like Aaron Anderson, who I believe is younger than you, but yeah, Arn's just old school to me. Like if he was, you know, 10 years before the nature boy, he could have been the man, but 
Well, yeah. when all that pomp and circumstance comes out of that big robe, well, it's a new ball game after that, is it not? Well, I felt like it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. I'm not going to argue that with you. <laughs> Here's a great question here, and I never really thought about this, but 80s wrestling fan on Twitter did. Piper, Hogan, Sid, Warrior, and Davey Boy all left the WWF in 1992. The high point of talent from when you won the title at the 92 Rumble had changed dramatically by the end of the year. Did the departures cause you to consider an excellent plan by the time you dropped the belt to Brett? Probably not. But let me just say, think about that now. You look at the beginning of the year and the end of the year. Man, that is a drastically different roster. So I know that you said, oh, I wasn't drawing as champion. But man, the company, it really is a new company by this point. It's just the guys that we've grown up with in the more recent years, they're all gone. Oh, I know. I mean, it wasn't just me, but I'm, I'm, I'm still going to tell you that as a champion, it's your responsibility to put the, the asses in seats. I mean, I feel that way. Isn't it also true though, that the company by and large, uh, the, the whole territory, if you will, had been what Bruce Pritchard would call a baby face territory. They wanted yes. a yes. Bruno San Martino or a Hulk Hogan. And then yes. we're just going to have a heel factory, right? Exactly. So maybe that's part of it. Uh, let's jump into another question here from Bryant in Rick's opinion. What does he think made Brett such a good in ring performer? Um, repetition being legitimately tough. And, uh, he, he had a lot of self-confidence. It felt like to me as a fan, he did all of the little stuff. Yeah. Like lots of guys got thrown into the turnbuckle, but they didn't get thrown into the turnbuckle. Like Bret Hart got thrown into the turnbuckle. Well, you're right about that being thrown in the turnbuckle. What, what Brett did, and this is what, you know, guys hate to hear this. But what made Brett so good is he's technically sound. Mm -hmm. He can punch. He can kick. God, I mean, I, I appreciate the, the shout out from Jericho last week uh, about the trilogies and all this stuff and that. But I mean, there's a time when I just got to say thank you for the shout out. But if you want to compare Daniel Bryan Chris Jericho to Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair, I don't have it. You don't see Steamboat when I'm missing clotheslines from two feet away. Oh. And when the biggest bump after you give me these guys give you these, these top rope, they have a corona, what are they called? Hurricane Rana. Hurricane Rana, right? Each, each one give them, which are huge bumps that I, I never took. I mean, I, I've taken them, obviously. But the only thing, and they sell it, right, appropriately, but the biggest sell of all time during the match was when um, Daniel Bryan got pushed into the referee. He laid there for 15 minutes. I mean, do you, do you remember the match? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we agree to disagree. I think Brian Danielson is one of the best wrestlers of all time. So I don't think it's uh, possible uh, yeah. for him to have a match. I didn't say that. No, that didn't, I'm not arguing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that... The, there's a reason why they talk about me and Steamboat 40 years later. For sure. Are they going to talk about that match 40 years from now? I don't think so. Huh? No, sir. No. I mean, I, I appreciate the shout-out from Chris and all that, but, I mean, do they have good matches? Yeah, but it, it's, it, they're fundamentally, man, I mean, I just, I, I, the punching and the kicking, and if you look at it close up and compare it, I mean, you just can't. And, and these guys... 
that just chop away at each other. It's like a Ric Flair chop fest. Right. And nobody sells it. Right. I chop Steamboat, he goes down, but I'm hitting him a lot harder than those guys are hitting each other. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what where Brett was so solid. He was in there. He didn't, didn't miss. And I mean, I, I just I just give kudos to him, and it's not taking nothing away from Chris or Daniel Bryan. It can't. This is not a personal comment. It's just, it's what I think is what it's what I believe to be the difference between good and great. And that, and that that's just my opinion. You have your opinion. It, it, it just if you technically your stuff is weak, then technically your work your weak is your work is weak. Well, we mentioned Steamboat a lot. I want to mention he's wrestling his last match about a month from now. Tickets are on sale. You can still snag a front row seat if you're going to be uh, in the Dorton Arena area. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Ryan wants to know when you lost the title to Brett, you were feuding with Warrior, and it looked like he might be the one to take the title. Was that ever discussed? To my knowledge, it was not. But I firmly believe that since you've gone over the history of everything, which makes you the best at what you do, that the matches that we had in Germany and that, um, you know, were we, I just really like uh, Brett, Brett and I are two guys and we never had to talk either. Yeah. He didn't ask me to talk Randy, you know, would, would write me a letter as did Diamond Dallas page and some other guys. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Just listing out all the sequence of the match. Yeah, but what and I, I thought, God, you guys, in Europe especially, it's so easy. Right. I mean, I went to Wrestle Edge one time, and, and the crowd was cheering me, and I was supposed to be the heel. So right. Edge, he just, we didn't even talk about it. He just worked heel. Cheered me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. It's because in Europe, you, know, you never get old. You mm-hmm. become more revered. I like Over that. here, you can have one bad day, throw one bad pitch, and you're the worst player on the hold are you they're picking on brady brady is not playing bad football mike evans can't catch oh okay <laughs> chasing yeah, i'm standing up for tom baby hey he's the greatest of all time everybody knows it yeah you just can't throw this you can't throw any disrespect at seven seven damn super bowl rings and rogers cannot catch the ball that he's throwing with two receivers Jesus, how many balls can these guys drop? Uh, Chasing Wabbits wants to know, anybody know what that big bump on Flair's back is just to the right of his spine? Is that from the plane crash? We get That's lots of questions. Plane crash. Yeah. And you well, never it's not really, there anymore. I had it removed. But you, uh, you often would take those big bumps on your side as well. Were you just self-conscious about falling on your back? You know, I never could take a flat back bump. I could, like, on a tackle on that. But I just, after crashing the airplane, I just started landing on my side. And why my left hip is still functional, I have no idea, but it is. It shouldn't be. Damn. <laughs> I know. I am the luckiest son of a bitch alive. I, I actually am. To see all my friends with re- knee replacement, hip replacement, shoulder replacement. I mean, I am the luckiest son of a bitch alive. I think it's because you did some late night hip workouts too, but that's a story for another. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, RCS. My wife, my wife's never traveled with me. Oh, well that never stopped you. <laughs> uh, RCS 88 wants to know, had you not had the ear injury, would you have had the title going into 1993? 
That's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. Ends up becoming a tag. I, I think that because you just made light of something that I made light made me aware of something. I didn't realize that all those guys had left. Yeah. P- plus Hulk had left, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hulk had left. Yeah. See, when Hulk left, who that I mean? That's a huge void. And Taker was out. I forgot that. Maybe it wasn't all my fault. <laughs> it wasn't all your fault. How about that? But it is all well, your that's fault. That's story. We're sticking to it. Well, you know, um, somebody used to come on TV once upon a time, and they'd look around and they'd say, "What's causing all this?" Yeah. And we're going to ask ourselves that next week. We're going to be talking about, and I'm pretty pumped about this, Flair versus Funk from Clash of the Champions. Oh, man. One of my all-time favorite matches. We're going to watch it here next week on the program. The infamous match, the New York knockout, the I quit match from Troy, New York. One of the all-time greats. I'll never get tired of watching Terry Funk or this match. Yeah. I'm pumped about it, man. What do you remember about that one? Uh, It's just me and Terry going at it. He let me, Terry let me hit him as hard as I could. and He hit me back just as hard. So anytime a guy would let me chop, you know, Taker had me on a three chop limit. Red had me on a four chop limit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Steamboat, Sting, um, Terry. I mean, they, they didn't care, but <laughs> that was on. I was on a limit with Taker, especially for a big match like WrestleMania. I think I got four chops in. <laughs> Nineteen eighty nine, arguably the best year of Rick's career. He had that incredible trilogy with Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and this awesome feud with Terry Funk. We're gonna yeah. cap it off next week. Talking about New York knockout in the meantime, check us out. Leave us a five-star review. If you think we've earned it, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, follow Rick on Twitter. And uh, I'm at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. Of course you can keep up with the show at to be the man pod. And if you're trying to introduce a Ric Flair fan to the podcast, maybe the best way to do it. Tell them about our, our YouTube. You can like it, subscribe, turn on notifications. It's all free. It's youtube.com forward slash Ric Flair. We'll be back next week talking all things Terry Funk. Yeah, Terry Funk is one of the all-time greats. I hate I hate the time that the Mount Rushmores and all that. That I know that they're they're flattering in that, but boy, they leave out some of these great great performers because people just don't remember them. But boy, Terry Funk was great. We won't forget him next week. Thank you, man. I hope you feel better. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week on To Be The Man.